Welcome to Mastering La Vida, your podcast review. I'm your host, Sue. You can now start following us on Instagram, hashtag Mastering La Vida. Let us know what you think about the podcast. You guys can comment and also make suggestions for our next episodes. Welcome to this fifth episode of Mastering La Vida. I want to thank all the new listeners who are joining me from all over the world. We have new listeners from the United States, Panama, Mexico, Peru, Colombia, Venezuela, Poland, Russia, Italy, India, and Australia. If I'm missing anyone, let me know. You guys have no idea what this means to me. So I wanted to thank you all for supporting my podcast and for coming back to listen. And I hope that one day we can connect and share our experiences together. On this fifth episode, we are going to review the most popular pranayama practices. And I want to thank my pranayama teacher, Deepak Agarwal from India. He is a master when it comes to breeding and wildcats. As I mentioned in the previous episodes, pranayama is connected to yoga and meditation. So I will recommend if you have the time to listen to those two episodes and then come back to listen to this one. Let's start with the number one question, and that is, what is pranayama? Prana means life force, and yama means control. Basically, is the breath control or life lengthening. If the answer comes from my pranayama teacher in India, he will say that it's a method on how to take charge of your psychological balance. But if you Google pranayama, it will say that it's the control of the breath. Pranayama, the yogic science of breathing, offers enormous benefits to the human body and the brain. It's one of the most ancient disciplines practiced in India for attaining peace and self-awareness. Famous Patanjali has also mentioned in his Yoga Sutras about the benefits of pranayama and how it should be practiced. Pranayama is capable of treating asthma, stress-related disorders like anxiety and depression, by channelizing the energy to the 72 nadis in our body, helping us improve our well-being. That being said, I wanted to talk a little bit more about how the air comes to our body, right? So air comes from the nose to the pharynx, to the larynx, then pass to the trachea, then the bronchial tube, then to get divided by two of our two lungs. The lungs have a lot of pipes or branches. So picture this like you're seeing a tree and from that tree, you see all the branches. Now in those branches are alveoli and those are tiny sacs of the lungs which allow for rapid gaseous exchange. We have about 600 million alveoli in our air sacs, but we do not use them all at all. The average adult takes 15 to 20 breaths per minute. Pranayama is the way to increase lungs capacity. Most of the people uses their thorax to breathe, and this is only the superficial of the lungs. When you breathe deep, you reach more alveolis and uses them. The more alveolis we use, the better our metabolic process will be. So consider pranayama as a breathing exercise for your lungs. Question number two. What are the benefits of pranayama? So what are you going to get if you start doing this breathing exercises? So let's start by reminding ourselves that pranayama is a main component of yoga. You need to be able to breathe properly while doing yoga. 
And that breathing is part of pranayama. And the reason why I say that is because when I first started practicing yoga, I wasn't introduced to pranayama. I didn't know that you had to do a specific type of breathing exercise in order to do your yoga in a better way or to do it properly. I wish someone wouldn't have told me that when I started. So when I do my yoga classes, the first thing that I teach my students is to breathe properly in order for them to be able to fully practice yoga as it should be. So I'm going to go ahead and name all the benefits for practicing pranayama. So number one benefit of practicing pranayama is that you're going to get a healthier heart and your circulatory system is going to work better. Taking in more oxygen means the heart and other vital organs of your body can function more efficiently. So when you take deep breathing, you can provide many of the same benefits of like, for example, when you do an anaerobic exercise. I didn't believe this until I see it and I see my my teacher in India sweating a lot while he was doing his breathing exercise and I was pretty much in shock. Because I didn't know you're capable of doing that just by breathing. It's very impressed for me to see him doing all these exercises through the computer because I actually see him through the computer. I was taking my classes online. So let's move into the second benefit of practicing pranayama, and that is that you will have less stress. Taking a deep breath when we feel stressed or anxious calms our mind. If we take deep breaths when we are upset, we are switching off the hormones that can make us get into a fight or not being able to control our actions. So whenever you feel that you are getting really mad, the best thing you can do is start taking big, deep breaths. It will help you relax immediately. And I have already proved this. One of my children is a very calm boy. He's not really hyper or anything, but I noticed that when somebody bothers him and he doesn't like something, he might just get really upset and something might happen. I know that one time I was called in school because he hit a girl who was bothering him and then we had to go there and apologize to the mom and and talk to her. And I knew the mom, it was very, one of those moments where you're just like in shock because your kid is so good at home, but when they go to school, they just do things that you don't expect them to do because they don't do it at home. And I'm not mentioning this because I feel ashamed of it. I think every parent go through moments like this and it's just the best way of how you're going to handle them, right? Talk to the mother and everything. And we make him apologize to her. And we wanted to have a conversation with him to know what makes him so upset. And then when we had that conversation, he said, I asked her to stop bothering me you know, I asked her to stop so many times and she wasn't listening to me, mom. She wasn't listening to me. At that point, I, I feel the frustration because <laughs> I kind of feel like I've been there before and I totally put myself in his shoes. And I was like, I understand, you know, life can be really stressful and sometimes you can lose it. I've been there, you know, but like, how, how can we change this? You know, how do you think you can or could have reacted in a different way? And then again, it happened with a cousin of him that he called him stupid and then... <laughs> My kid just went ahead and hit him again and I was like, okay, we, we really have to do something to change this pattern because it is not, whatever we're talking to him is not working. So we had to try something else. So I am currently working with him into meditation and into breathing techniques to control his temper. And I could say today that sometimes I have seen with my own eyes how sometimes he argued with his brother 
And whenever he's really frustrated, he just goes away from that room and he calms down. And I have seen him doing the breathing exercises and then he works like magic. He's calm now. And I hope that we can continue with this practice so he can later on be able to control his temper and be able to control situations in a different way. So that's a really uh, good example of how you can try to deal with certain things uh, as an early age instead of waiting until you're old or until you're older to make those changes. So we move on into the third benefit of practicing pranayama, and that is detoxification. We can detox our body by properly breathing. If we do not efficiently remove carbon dioxide through breathing, other organs in our body will have to take over, and this can cause additional stress and increase our risk of illness. So we can get sick and we can get other illness if we are not properly detoxing our body. So that is a good way to detox is by practicing pranayama. Number four is better sleep, especially people who have trouble sleeping. It is recommended to do breathing exercises at bed before going to sleep. I do not have problems to sleep, but I do practice breathing exercises while I'm doing my meditation to sleep. And usually my meditation to sleep, it's 10 minutes, it's not longer than that while I'm already out. I don't suffer or I have not experienced any sleeping problems, but I will say once you start doing your breathing exercise when you're in bed, you feel more relaxed. You feel like, okay, now I'm ready to sleep. So I think it's definitely if you do have problems sleeping, you should definitely give this a try. The fifth benefit of practicing pranayama is the natural pain relief. Even pregnant ladies are recommended to practice modified pace breathing days before their due date because it's the body's natural pain management system. Deep breathing releases endorphins, which boosts our mood and naturally kill pain. And I wish someone would have told me this when I was pregnant, but uh, nobody did tell me that if I could do this breathing exercises, I could have used it as a painkiller. I didn't do that. I don't have any experience on that. If you do, please write me and let me know how it went. Did you use it? Because I, at that time when I had my kids, I had no idea. I didn't even know what pranayama was. Moving on to number six is happiness and mental clarity. Deep breathing is a form of meditation, which is known to promote mental clarity and greater happiness. When you focus on the rhythm of your breath, your mind will switch off from the outside world and focus inward. We know that we're going to have good and bad days. There's nothing as being completely happy. For if you're a regular human being, which you're dealing with people who frustrate you on a daily basis, when you're tr stuck in traffic and there's people beeping, all this stuff is going to affect you. So I'm just telling you all the lists. And then from there, you can just be like, oh, you know, what? I'm going to go ahead and do it because of I need to detox my body or because I need better sleep, you know, because I'm pregnant and I want to try that as a painkiller or because I really want to feel if I some days can feel happy or because I want to have less stress or because I want to work on my heart to be healthier in my circulatory system. So you pick, but just do it. So moving on into when to practice pranayama. 
This is what my teacher told me and what I hear everybody tell everyone. You should be practicing early in the morning. My teacher says two to three hours before sunrise and two to three hours after sunset. It's up to you to see what works better for you. We don't all have the same schedule. So definitely early morning and evening after sunset. Also, they've been said that it's better to practice after your asana, after your yoga practice. And most definitely on an empty stomach because I have experienced already that when I was in class of pranayama and it was not early in the morning in here because it was my time and it was India time over there. So whenever I had a break, I will go ahead and grab like something to eat really quick and then I will go into pranayama. Mm -mm, not a good idea. I will really get DC or something will happen. I will not feel good. And that was because I needed to be on an empty stomach in order to practice this pranayama techniques. That being said, let's go ahead and jump into reviewing the most popular types of pranayama. Number one, alternate nostril breathing. This yoga pranayama is awesome, and especially in bringing balance to the mind, body, and soul. For performing nadi, you need to sit in a comfortable cross-leg position. Now use the right hand to close the right side of your nose. You inhale deeply with the left nostril, and you repeat the same with the left nostril. This type of pranayama is mostly recommended for people who suffer from bronchitis and asthma. I personally practice this breathing technique to balance my brain and my nervous system. It is very easy to do and it does not require a lot of experience. You can start with five minutes as soon as you wake up and slowly increase your capacity. This is by far my favorite pranayama of all. I like to practice the alternate nostril breathing. I don't find it difficult. I really like it. And I like the part that you can activate your brain. And I think that's awesome if we can do it through a breathing technique or not having to use any medications at all for your brain. This is amazing. So why not give it a try? Another of my daily pranayama practices is the Uyahi Pranayama. Now, this type of pranayama is about Mimicking the ocean sound or wave by inhaling from your nostril and exhale making a sound from your throat. This technique is used while you are practicing yoga. I wasn't aware of this breathing technique when I first started yoga, as I mentioned before. No one told me that I needed to practice this breathing technique while practicing yoga. I learned it from my teachers in India and it's been a blessing for me because I am able now to hold my poses for longer periods of time And my concentration has changed since I started practicing Yai. This practice, it's a thumbs up for sure. Now I remember where I parked my car <laughs> without having to debate from aisle to aisle. And I remember where I leave my phone. You don't see me running around the house asking anyone, have you seen my phone? Have you seen my phone? Now I know where I exactly put my phone last time. And that's amazing. Pranayama will do that for you. Now I will practice it so you guys can at least hear how it sounds when you are practicing this pranayama. You breathe in. My throat made that sound. So I go again. I'm not sure if that exactly sounds like an ocean sound or wave, but that is my version of it. And it really works okay for me. 
So moving on to the third pranayama, and that is Kapalbhati pranayama, another favorite, also known as fire bread. This type of pranayama is related to deep inhalation and forceful exhalations of air in a sitting position. Air from the lungs is exhaled forcefully, but inhalation is done involuntarily, like a pumping effect. So it's for improving alertness and concentration. It also strengthens abdominal muscles and helps to burn calories. Yes, it is considered to be very good for the digestion system, especially improving the strength and function of the pancreas. This pranayama exercise helps control diabetes when practiced regularly. That means you need to do it every day if you suffer from diabetes. I did a whole presentation of this pranayama exercise back in June when I was attending yoga school. And we talk about how diabetes affected more than 400 million people globally. This technique was very difficult at the beginning for me, but I have made progress since I started. I do not longer get dizzy or lightheaded when I'm practicing this technique. I will give it a try. And if it makes you get a headache or if you're not feeling yourself, I will stop and then start again. But you need to keep practicing in order to make it work and for you not to feel dizzy or get lightheaded. And as I said, remember to practice exercises on an empty stomach and it's preferred to be early in the morning or late at night when your food has already digested. So you know when I do reviews, I do the ones that I love and I do the ones that I don't really feel connected to, like there's not that magic, there's nothing happening in it. And one of those is the Shitali Pranayama. You need to roll your tongue on an O shape and start to inhale through the mouth. Now your tongue is outside, outside your mouth and it's rolled to O. You can Google this so you can have a better picture of what it looks like. You bring the tongue inside while holding your breath and then do exhalations from your nostrils after some time. I honestly do not find myself practicing this pranayama. I am not sure if it is the thong or it is something else that isn't working for me. I learned this technique on my YouTube channel. I was not introduced to it from my teachers in India, so maybe it is just that I am not quite used to it, but I am willing to give it another try sometime in the future. Look, there are many more techniques for pranayama. I have tried many of them, but as I mentioned on the episode of meditation, the only way to find out which ones will be best for you is by you giving them a try. I can tell you all about it, but if you don't try any of them, there's no way you're going to know which one you really like or which one you dislike. So this is just my personal opinion. Some of these pranayamas are not recommended for individuals with high or low blood pressure. So you really need to pay attention to which type of pranayama you're practicing if it is good for you. People with heart disease, hernia, gastric ulcer, epilepsy, vertigo, migraine headaches, significant nose bleeding, glaucoma, history of stroke. And for anyone who has undergone recent abdominal surgery or pregnancy. So before you decide to give any of these breeding practices a chance, make sure you are healthy. And if in doubt, please consult your doctors to make sure that it is okay for you to do any of this. Because if you're not a healthy person and you've decided to give any of this pranayamas a try and you didn't consult it and you didn't do your research before you started, 
you might get problems. So make sure you're on the safe side and ask your doctor if it's okay if you practice any of this pranayama or breathing exercises, as they call it here in the United States. It is very important in the pranayama sessions to never force the breath. This will come with the time and practice. You will notice that the breath will become very slow, very deep, and completely effortless. Our breathing is very connected to our body. When we are angry, our breathing changes to a faster pace. When we are calm, our breathing is slow and equal. When you slow down, your respiratory rate kicks in the parasympathetic nervous system, lowering your blood pressure, calming your body down, and relieving stress. This is why they recommend breathing exercises to people who suffer from high blood pressure. In the other hand, breathing fast, kicking your fight or fight sympathetic nervous reaction, making your heart race, your mind race out of control. So this is what happened, like the two sides of it. It is very hard to control your mind, but you can control your breath and the breath is directly connected to the mind. I watched a documentary from TEDx that talks about the life expectancy of different types of species. And I was surprised to see their lifespan and the amount of breaths they take per minute. So I'll give you a couple of examples so you can be in shock like I was. The mouse takes 130 breaths per minute. That's very fast. They only live one to three years. The dog, my dog, my beautiful dog, take 30 breaths per minute. That's fast. That's still very fast. They live only 10 to 20 years. Chimpanzee takes 14 breaths per minute. Not that fast, right? It's getting better. They live around 40 years. Horse. The horse takes 12 breaths per minute. It's slowing down a little bit. And they live around 50 years. Now let's go and see humans. A healthy human takes from 6 to 12 breaths per minute. We have an average of 70 years. An unhealthy human takes 12 to 24 breaths per minute, and life expectancy obviously is less than 70 years. Look at this. The whale takes six breaths per minute. Six. That's actually pretty close to some healthy humans. Six breaths per minute. It is very slow, and they live around 100 years. If you did not know, whales does have lungs and they breathe too. So if this is impressing you as it did with me and you want to live long enough to see your grandchildren, you better start practicing daily breathing techniques and start taking life slowly. Living in a rush will only harm you. You can start doing your breathing exercise and slowing down a little bit and try to help yourself a little bit by that. And with this last reminder, I will end this fifth episode of Mastering La Vida. No emotions can last in the body longer than seven seconds unless it is fueled by us. When you start doing breathing exercises, you're going to calm yourself down and that mad stage is going to pass. Remember, anxiety is in our mind and our mind must give us the fuel to keep it going. It is biologically impossible to have an anxiety or panic attack when you are breathing slowly, deeply, and evenly. So let life breathe you. Breathe, 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 breathe. 
Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I hope the information that I have provided today can make a difference in your life as it's doing it in mine. I hope to hear from all of you. Don't forget the Instagram account for the podcast is hashtag Mastering La Vida. It would be great if you can leave a comment or any suggestions for anything that you like me to review. I hope you guys have an awesome week and I'll catch you up next time.